Good morning. Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone, if anyone says to you, if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed him. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. The large crowd, the large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them to the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and in turmoil and asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord be with you. I invite you to pray with me the prayer. Let us pray. We praise you, O God, for your redemption of the world through our Lord Jesus Christ. Today we enter the holy city in triumph and was proclaimed Messiah and King by those who spread garments and branches along his way. Bless these branches and those who carry them. Grant us grace to follow him in the way of the cross so that dying and rising with him, we enter into your kingdom through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. I invite you to stand and face the back of the sanctuary as we process in. Let us go forth in peace. Our Holy Gospel is from the 27th chapter of Matthew, beginning at verse 11. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. And when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the feast to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. And so when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Christ? For he knew it was out of envy that they had handed Jesus over to them. And while Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him a message don't have anything to do with this innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of, you two do you, which of these two do you want me to release to you? Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all answered, Crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate, but they shouted all the louder, crucify him, crucify him. And when Pilate saw he was getting nowhere, 
but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. He said, I am innocent of this man's blood. It is your responsibility. And all the people answered, let his blood be on us and on our children. And then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed over to, to be crucified. And then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered a whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and they twisted t- together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and knelt in front of him and mocked him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on. And then they led him away to crucify him. And as they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. And they came to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. And there they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall. But after tasting it, he refused to drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him. And above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you who, is going to, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it up in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of, if you are the son of God. In the same way the chief priests and teachers and the law and elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him if he wants him. For he said, I am the Son of God. In the same way, the robbers who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. And from the sixth hour until the ninth hour on that day, all over the land there was darkness. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when some of the stand, those standing by heard this, they said, He's calling on Elijah. And immediately one of them ran and got a sponge, filled it with wine vinegar and put it, to, put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had, been die, who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. And when the centurion and those with him who guarded Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Today we enter Jerusalem with Jesus. In the life of the Christian church, this week and the things that transpired in the life of Jesus through his passion, his death, and his resurrection, these events are the central events and they are the very center of why we have faith in Jesus Christ. As the Apostle Paul so aptly reminds us, 
in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, By this gospel you are saved. For what I have received, he says, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and then he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. And then he goes on even further later on in verses 13 and 14, and he says, If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is our faith. And then Paul boldly exclaims in verses 30 and following, he says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. These events of this coming week, all that has transpired and all that will transpire in these coming days, they are the centrality of our faith. Now there's a tendency and there's a temptation to want to sidetrack and to bypass this horrendous, torturous, and painful reality that Jesus faced. It's kind of like when we pick up a book and we kind of get into it a little bit and we're just so eager to know what the end of the story is is that we skip two-thirds of the book and go to the last chapter just to find out who it was that did it. You know, one of those mystery books. How many of you have ever done that, huh? How many of you have ever kind of gotten into a book and said, yeah, I just want to bypass all that stuff in the middle. I'm just going to go right to the end. That's what we have a tendency to do on this week. We don't want to live, we don't, we don't want to live through the passion. We want to go straight to the empty tomb of Easter. My prayer this week is that you and I will be open, that we will be open to the invitation of the Holy Spirit in these coming days to be faithful, to be faithful to fully walking and living these last days of Jesus' life with Him. And as we relive through our observance with Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Vigil, and oh, by the way, I just want you to also know that at least right now it's scheduled that Pastor Al will be preaching on Monday, Thursday and on Easter Vigil. But as we go through and relive through these observances of these coming days, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will renew us each day to fully comprehend the depth of God's love. And I really do believe that as we go through these coming days, that's one of the things that will become much more relevant to us is that we will discover through these events the depth of God's love for us. Our processional gospel today, it concluded with this verse. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil and they were asking, who is this? Well, as I have given thought to this coming week, it's not... For me, it's not a week of turmoil, and I don't think it's a week of turmoil for you either, but rather I, th- I think in a certain sense this week is a week of paradox. 
There's a lot of tension this week because we come to this day where we come in with all this pomp and circumstance and you know, with all this praise and honor and glory and hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And yet we also know that there's the rest of the story yet that doesn't quite make sense. You know, even our choir anthem today, it had a joyous refrain. Honored, glorified, exalted on your throne. And I don't know if you were listening. I almost want Brian to come up here and play it again. But I'm going to encourage you rather, because we all, most of you, if not all of you, have computers at home, and you all know all had to get on the internet. And I want you to go home, and I want you to type in honored, glorified, exalted, and hit search. And what will come up is a music video of this song that you just heard. And when you click play, you're going to hear this very slow, melodic, um, soft piece as this song comes in. And there's something about those first five or six measures of that song and that introduction that leave us with a sense. There's a tone in there. And I know that tone because I've been practicing and I've been singing this song now for the last, what, seven or eight, six, six eight weeks? And so it's just become a part of my, my, my weekly, weekly um, mantra as we've sung this song. And there's a part of me that wants to say that even at the entrance of that song, there's a sense of repentance in there. It's just... And I believe, even though that song was all about honor, glorified, exalted, the most important phrases, the most important phrases in that song that we just sang is for your unfailing love and your mercy to us. Holy Lamb of God, we bow to you alone. Two of the most important scriptures are brought to mind as we reflect upon this week. The first is from Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 7. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to their own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Holy Lamb of God, the one who was led to the slaughter. The other passage that we recall as we live into this week is from John 1, verse 29, when through the prophetic words of John the Baptist, he exclaims, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
as we journey with Jesus this week through his passion, may we think about and may we contemplate this holy Lamb of God that you and I sing of and bow down to before this week. At the end of the gospel, processional gospel, it says that the people were in turmoil and they were asking, who is this? And as I just said just a few moments ago, I pray that the Holy Spirit will let us be open to the invitation of coming into these days and to be faithfully walking fully and living these last days of Jesus' life with him. And as we walk with Jesus in these last days this week, as we take in that last meal with his disciples, where Jesus institutes what we now know and celebrate as the Lord's Supper, as he humbles himself, takes up the bowl and towel to wash the disciples' feet, and he teaches them a new commandment to love one another as Christ has loved them. I pray that we'll be open to walking fully with him as he prays in the Garden of Gethsemane on Good Friday, and as he is arrested, brought before Pilate for sentencing, as he is flogged and tortured, spat upon and mocked. I read an article recently about the Shroud of Turin, which they strongly believe is perhaps the shroud that Jesus was wrapped in. And they can tell from the shroud that whoever this person was, if it was Jesus, he was severely, severely tortured. Severely to the point of practically not even hardly having enough energy to even go to the cross. We fly over that passage. Oh, he had him flogged. No, he practically had him killed just by torturing him. Let us walk fully with Jesus as he carries the weight of the cross beam, even though we also know that he had some assistance from Simon of Cyrene. But there were moments when Jesus bore that cross, knowing full well that he would soon be nailed to that cross and left there to die. The question is not, who is he? That's one of the questions. The most important question is, what did he come here to do? He came here for you and for me to be the holy lamb of God who took on the sin of the world. He came to love the world more than we can ever comprehend. This is what we will see and this is what we will hear in the coming days. May our journey be filled with humility and reflection and surrender. Amen. Let us confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, 
resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I invite you to join me now as we pray the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Marked with the cross of Christ, go forth to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.